Hello and welcome to another episode of the Marvel's World podcast, a podcast where we speak to fascinating and tantalising people, people who are people like you and me make what we love a full-time job. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends and give us a review on iTunes. Today we have an absolutely fantastic guest. We have David Walsh. He is a YouTube connoisseur. Whatever you want to ask about YouTube, he is your man. He is what makes YouTube like a walk in the park. Whatever you need, he is your man. He's been doing YouTube for over a decade and he is here to help many of us improve our YouTube presence and do YouTube the right way. Hello, David. Hey there, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Keeping warm, keeping well. How are you That's keeping? good. That's good in winter. Definitely good in winter. Of course, man. I mean, it would be quite a sight to see someone in sort of track, like sort of shorts or whatever during these times. Uh, well, unless you're a postman, then yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a pleasure to have you, David. I mean, yeah, I'm interested to find out about you. Like, what is your journey and how did you become a YouTube connoisseur? Uh, I've never been called a YouTube connoisseur before. Um, <laughs> I've been called many things, both good and bad, but uh, connoisseur has been, that's the first time. Um, goodness yes. me. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, well, my YouTube journey started back, well, properly. Um, I did have a sort of a dabble uh, beforehand, but it pro uh, properly started on YouTube back in 2013. So, in fact, it was actually this time of year, 2013, which has got ooh, eight years ago. Goodness me. Um, so I had a web development company. I was doing high-end membership sites, and I was helping clients with product launches, uh, digital online uh, uh, product launches. And I had two clients. Uh, I got an email on uh, it, from both of them on the same day and they had actually sent an email saying, thank you very much. We're now finished our launch. We no longer need your services. So um, at that, I became unemployed. All my clients had finished up. And of course, if you're in the service industry, uh, when, you, when you do your selling, you, you know, typically you'll spend time selling. And then when you've done your sales and got your clients in, you spend time fulfilling on those sales. And if you're a one-man band like I was back then, um, you're both salesman, marketer, um, you know, chief developer, everything. You're everything in the company. So uh, I was fulfilling on those contracts and now I had no new sales. So basically I ended up, I was unemployed. Um, I didn't have any clients, no new money coming in. So um, it sort of hit me that day that crap, I've, I've no money coming in. And of course being, it was January uh, back then, 2013, um, the most expensive month of the year, Christmas had just gone, New Year just gone, all the presents, all of that sort of thing was being paid off. Um, through January and I had I was as I said it was I had no money coming in and I was basically screwed uh, and not to make matters worse is that my then girlfriend who is now my wife uh, was working in the fashion industry and she didn't have any work either so we had two unemployed people in the house and no new money coming in um, so this sort of hit me um, as you know it would do and it was I was going, well, what could I do now? Why did I let this happen? How could I let this happen? All of these sort of negative thoughts were running through my head. Um, so after a couple of days, um, sort of lying in a state of semi-depression, uh, one morning, um, my uh, Lena came into, uh, into the room and said, look, go out for a run, clear your head. I know you, just get the blood flowing, clear your head, get out. Hopefully something will come. So I got up put my running stuff on and went out uh, and had a run. So 
and these questions were still going in my mind like how could i let this happen you know how could it be so stupid all of these things um, but as the endorphins kicked in and the oxygen began to flow into my brain and make it think a bit better i began to ask better questions so i said well how could i how what could i do to change this uh, and then i asked a better question and said what did I do before that brought clients in? And that's when the light bulb went off. It's like God had opened up, pointed his finger on top of my head and just everything went crazy. And it was at that point I realized I put up four videos on YouTube and they had brought in four clients and they were worth about 10 grand's worth of business. Now, for some strange reason, all four clients came from San Diego. I have no idea why, but all, all clients came from San Diego. So once I made that realization, I just turned straight around and ran straight home. And I said, honey, I've got it. I've got to do this YouTube thing. Um, so once I realized that, I then sat down and, and looked at, well, what do I need to do in order to make this YouTube thing a success for my business? So the first thing I had to look at was, what, well, what content do I create? Um, if I do the uh, product launches and membership site stuff, I could do about 10, maybe 15 videos, but then I was stuck. because. Uh, I couldn't consistently create content for a year, two, three, four years ongoing. So I was stuck. So then I said, well, why don't I do this YouTube thing? Like talk about YouTube. They're always changing the, the site. There's always something new happening on there and I'm never gonna be stuck for content. So decided on the you, how to YouTube space and uploaded my first video on the 19th of February, I believe, uh, 2013 got to uh, 10,000 subscribers in 10 months, and then got to uh, 100,000 subscribers in just over three years. So, and basically haven't looked back since. And like, how, what, what, um, what was YouTube like then, as opposed to it now? Because like everyone wants to be a YouTuber now and they're all going at it, was back then it wasn't as congested. It, it was, well, put it this way, it was a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a lot easier uh yeah it's like back then not everybody and their dog wanted to be a youtube star um is that it, it, it yeah there wasn't as much video uploaded like i think there was 200 hours of video uploaded a minute back then or maybe 100 hours of video uploaded whereas now like the last stats that youtube released which i think are actually from the end of 2019 um, said that it was 400 hours of watched, uh, 400 hours of video uploaded every single minute. I think it's actually like I did see stats for 2020 from some other place other than YouTube that said it was 500 hours. I actually think it's been 600 or more hours every single minute that are uploaded on there. So it's it, as you say, it is more congested now. And I did see a report from. Um, from the YouTube CEO, Susan, what's her face? Cause I can never pronounce her name. Um, Susan W, I call her. And uh, she said that there was 750,000 new channels set up during lockdown, um, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. So yeah, there's a lot more competition today um, than there was back in 2013. So it was a lot easier for me to uh, jump into the how to YouTube space. Now, like every second teenager is a how to YouTube expert and they're growing their channel quite well and all this sort of thing. So yeah, the, the space has got, even my space has got more um, competitive and stuff and there's a lot more channels growing. But it, it was a lot easier back then. Um, plus YouTube wasn't as, the algorithm wasn't as sophisticated back then either because it didn't need to be. Um, 
So today, like with their, they have an AI, whereas before it was like code and they had people manually looking at stuff where now YouTube have built an AI. So basically software is controlling 99% of the whole uh, experience on there. And there are 2000 algorithm changes a year on YouTube at the moment, whereas there was nowhere near that many, maybe 10 a year or something like that. Uh, and again, they were manually done by, by the programmers and stuff, as opposed to the AI automatically making those changes today. Okay. Now, it's funny of all the stuff that you mentioned there, because I find YouTube very interesting myself as well, because I've been working on a podcast and I've had some videos that have made, got more views than ones that I've put more work in. Yeah. So you may laugh about this, but I interviewed someone who's a dominatrix on the podcast. Nice. <laughs> nice. But, yes, that, that, I can see how that would work. But I put on the thumbnail, put on the title, and I didn't do any of the hashtags or much of the description. But that's got way more views than anything else I've put up on that YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the exact same thing uh, with clients. Like if you put the word orgasm and stuff and like that, you would get views up the wazoo straight away. Straight away. Um, because there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of channels putting content out for that particular topic. So as soon as soon as that any keywords like that go into your videos, any people who are looking for that will get notified pretty quickly. So I can see exactly why the Dominatrix video did quite well. And I had another one where I had like a guy and a girl doing an arm wrestle, and again I did didn't do the same thing, and that got like more than ten times the amount of views than anything else I've put on. Yeah, it's intriguing content. It's intriguing. You know, you're, you're, it, it's making people want, oh, who's going to win? Did she beat him? Did he win? Blah, 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 that sort of thing. So it's, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that those are you, probably your, your best performing uh, podcast videos. Okay. And I, I find it sort of, what, what would you say? So one of the questions that I've got asked was, <clears throat> when you've made your video sort of published, what would you say is the right way to distribute it? Now that's a $64 million question. And um, there's a number of things you can do, like, you, you, like your basics. Your basic basics are you need to have a good um, title on your video, uh, like a good one that um, intrigues, like causes intrigue or curiosity or you know, hits. You've got your main keywords at the very beginning of your title. The next thing is to have a good thumbnail as well. Again, like a, 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 a guy and a girl who are arm wrestling is like, Mm, that's interesting. That would uh, evoke a lot of curiosity. Um, and obviously you need to have, once you've got that in place, is then having good video in the back end because uh, YouTube will notice if you've got a, fall dr uh, a quick fall off of your, on your video, then uh, it's not going to promote your video. So you're not going to get those suggested or notification um, views. Uh, by YouTube, they're not that they're not going to promote your video because you're not helping them keep people on the platform. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point because one of the things that I'm really intrigued by is what would you say is it watch time, like share rate or subscribe rate? Are they the most important things that sort of decide how much YouTube pushes the algorithm rather than like hashtags or likes or comments? For well, first of all, forget hashtags. They're a, they're an import from uh, Instagram. They've never really done anything for anyone that I have actually seen. Um, so I, you know, I put them on there just in case. Um, but forget hashtags, realistically. Um, the biggest thing you need to look at is watch time. 
And the more you can keep people watching your video and videos, because you've got two types of watch time. You've got your video watch time, which is the watch time people that, you know, people watch that particular individual video. Then you have what's called session watch time is how long people stay on YouTube as a platform. So if people come in, if you uh, get, if you upload a video, then YouTube sends out a notification email to your subscribers. Your subscribers then click on that video and then watch that video and then go off and say, watch Mr. Beast or Casey Neistat for the next 10 hours. Then that video will get that 10 hours worth of watch time, session watch time. So it becomes a gateway video for people to stay on the platform. So that's going to help you get even more uh, viewers to that particular video because you're helping YouTube keep people on their platform. So obviously if people just fall off the, and like in the first 10, 20, 30 seconds and click off onto another video, that's not really gonna help. Like again, if they did 10 hours there, then you're gonna get that 10 hours uh, session watch time, but because you have low audience retention, it's not gonna help. So when you have like 45, 50, 60% average audience retention or more, on your video and then people click off to either watch your videos or someone else's videos. That's really the sweet spot you need to have in order to keep, you know, to get more promotion from YouTube. So if, if someone watches 65 or 75% of your videos, that's, that's the key point. Okay. The, well, yeah, you need about 45% plus, like if they're watching 75 uh, percent of your videos on average, then your videos are too short and you need to make them longer. Okay. And so what? So, what's more important, the amount of minutes they watch, or that's more important than that, say, percentage of the video? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Say, like, there's a big difference between a five-minute video and a one-hour video. So, if I watched, uh, like, if I watched 100% of the five-minute video, but only 20% of the one-hour video, the one-hour video is going to win hands down because that's 12 minutes compared to five. So. Um, yeah, your one hour video is, is more than likely going to win in that particular situation. Okay. And how, how does, if someone comes from another sort of social media background, like Instagram or Facebook or you, uh, TikTok, yep. what elements of that could they take into YouTube? Okay, so shorts are a massive thing right now on YouTube. They're brand spanking new and it's like the Wild West. So if you're a TikToker, stick your videos on a YouTube channel as YouTube shorts, big time. There's a great opportunity to grow your channel there. Um, and if you're doing the same on Insta with Reels, stick them on YouTube, absolutely free, and you can grow your channel big time with them. Okay. And one of the other questions that I've got put forward to is which is more important the keywords in the video title or in the actual description itself uh the title has far more weight than the description it's actually more important to have your keywords on your video because if you put the title like your keywords in your title but you don't mention those keywords once in your video then it's the algorithm is going to pick that up and it's not going to necessarily promote you as much as it could okay and what about in regards to like tags in YouTube, how important are they as a whole? They're getting less and less important today. Like it's good to have them, but um, they are what I call on the like tier three of importance. Like tier one is your uh, like average audience retention, click through rate in your thumbnail and your title, keywords in your title. That, that's tier one. Like that's, they're the most important things for your content. Tier two is descriptions and stuff like that. 
Um, but tier three is tags, basically. And there, I can see them actually getting rid of them probably in the next few years. And the, a common thing that I find quite funny on YouTube and in TikTok itself, because I've got a friend of mine, like, he's not very skilled technically, but his videos are very entertaining. And like, if, if someone can only shoot with their mobile phone, what can they do to make the content look decent and still be good quality and get pushed out? Yeah, like, and the thing with, with TikTok is that you have like 50 plus seconds, like 50, 60 seconds to capture people's attention and keep it all the way to the end. So you have to get your message very succinct, like whether it is an entertaining video or whatever, your, your message in that video is very, very short. So um, it is going to be quick jump cuts, all that sort of thing. Uh, again, fast switches, and you can do the exact same with, with YouTube, with your mobile. Um, you know, it's like the things you can do on your mobile today are phenomenal. Um, so, I, and there's plenty of videos on how to create great video with your mobile phone on YouTube as well. So yeah, like your jump cuts, great sound design, like music on your videos as well. All of that can be done on your mobile phone. Um, so, and having a great viewer experience, irrespective of how you shoot it, is, is still key to any platform online today. And how, how important is, would you say, getting the technical stuff right? your message is, is always going to outweigh being technically perfect every single time. Like people with a shaky video, like a shaky mobile phone video, um, if it is something spectacular, whether that is like a, 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 you know, an engagement or fireworks or something, you know, something happens, um, you know, something amazing or something disaster happening, that's going to far outweigh then, oh, wait, 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 before you before you, you uh, propose to her, uh, I need to get my tripod right. I need to get the microphone right. All of that sort of thing. It's like, no, <laughs> get it out. Just stick it up and go click. Seriously. Uh, the message anytime is going to far outweigh being technically right. If you can, great. If not, don't worry about it. Um, but the, the, the funny thing about um, video is, is actually the sound is the most important part of video, which is counterintuitive because uh, you can have a slightly shaky picture and a fantastic sound and people will watch it, but then you can have a, like the most amazing 4K or even 8K video, but if your sound is rubbish, people are gonna switch off. Okay. And the thing that I've always heard in YouTube or any social media platform, they always say, find your niche, find your audience. But I mean, that, that is an absolute nightmare and a hard thing to do. It's not as they, they, it's always portrayed as something that's very easy. You read yeah. a book, it's done. Yeah. But whenever I've spoken to someone on the podcast, they've not gone like, this is me, this is me. They found it over maybe a year or yeah. six months, what their audience is and what their niche is. Yeah. But yes, absolutely. What, what's the right way of someone sort of, quickly no not quickly because that's not my answer but what's a more efficient way of someone finding that um well it again it depends on what your a what your channel is about what the end result you're looking to achieve if you are a comedy channel and you're looking to grow an audience of people who likes your stuff um then you may need to tweak what you do over time because you may find that you're just not funny or what you write is not funny right now. And then it's a process where you're massaging uh, what you do. You put stuff up, 
you learn from that. This bit was good. That bit wasn't so good. This bit was really good. And people love that. And then this last bit just died to death. And then you're massaging over time what you do. And um, if you're a fitness channel, um, it could be that you, you want, and, and this is probably the biggest problem that most people do is that they want to have everybody love their stuff and view their stuff and stuff like that. That's the worst thing you can do. If you can narrow it down to a specific group as quickly as possible, that's dramatically going to help you find your niche. Um, like in the fitness space, um, you could do um, you, you could do fitness for kids. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could if that's what you wanted to do. Um, or you could do fitness for teens, or you could do fitness for millennials, or you could do fitness for the older generation. They're getting more and more popular today as we're getting uh, a bigger, uh, older generation. Like fitness for over 40s, fitness for over 50s, fitness for over 60s, fitness for over 70s. And I guarantee you, there's got to be a channel who's doing fitness for over 80s soon. And I, they will bloody blow it up big time. Um, <laughs> So, but just identify who you really want to work with and what, what values they have. Um, like, do they have a great sense of humor? Do they like red wine? You know, whatever. Find out what values they have that you connect with um, and then work backwards from there, uh, what you want to achieve and what the end result is that you're, you're looking to get from that particular audience. And then that will reveal itself on who it is that you're targeting. So first of all, decide who would you like to be like you want you want first before you even go out producing content. Exactly. What you know? Who? What values do you have that you want your audience to have as well? Like Christian channels are phenomenal. Um, family channels are phenomenal because they have Christian values. Uh, well, Christian channels have Christian values. Family va uh, channels have family values. So they have these things in common. So they know who their audience is because they have the same values. And when you have, when you're sort of road testing ideas, what would you say is a smart thing to do? So sometimes I'll have days where I have like four or five ideas, but I'm not too sure what's the right way to see if I should drop something or should I see it out before I find out whether I should put it or not. Put all, make, make all four, see what sticks. But should I, if, should I give, how long should I give an idea a chance for like, a week or oh you're not going to get anything in a week especially if you're starting out on youtube it might take a month it might take two months um what you can do is like if you've got five different theme ideas for your channel you could do a different theme a day and this this requires a lot of commitment you could do five uploads a week a uh, different theme per day and then see which one of those themes stick like do it every day like every week for a month or two you know, again, it requires a lot of commitment. That's a lot of video you're talking, like if you do that for two months, that's a minimum of 40 videos, maybe 45 videos um, and, and see which ones stick. The ones that get the more views and you get more interaction with, those are the ones that you can keep. And then the other ones you could probably let go. And you can always ask your audience, did you like, you know, tell me, um, like, give me some feedback on this. If you like this video, let me know in the comments area below. If you'd like to, if you, if there's other stuff you would like me to do again, let me know in the comments area below. So you can get that regular feedback from your viewers and be upfront with them and go, Hey, I'm testing out some stuff. Let me know what you like. Let me know what was pants. Okay. And what's, what's a sort of smart goal in terms of YouTube growth that someone who's new to YouTube should look for? You know, we all, everyone wants to be in the clouds and they want to be this and that, but what's the right way to go about setting achievable, realistic aims? 
Um, well, metrics we we can pull. Yeah, we can pull. I like it. What have we got? A thousand subscribers in two months. Yeah, uh, it can happen. Like we, we you know, there's there's cases of like somebody gets a million subscribers in two weeks. That can happen. That's a unicorn. I wouldn't expect those metrics from somebody starting a new channel. Um, like today, like a lot of people are getting to like the thousand subscriber mark in a year. That sort of thing. Like it's it's becoming tougher today. Um. I would look to get there quicker with if I was working with a client. Um, but again, it depends on the niche, depends on like how big your audience is uh, and a number of things. But what you really need to do is focus on getting your first 100 subs um, because that gets you your custom URL. Then your next goal is 250, 500, but really it's, it's 1,000. But set those smaller goals um, so that 100 to 1,000 isn't as daunting. But you know, go from 100 to 250, that's achievable. Then from 250 to 500, then 500 to 1,000. Um, those would be what I would focus, like what, this is what we focus on with all our channels um, when we're growing organically with, with clients. Um, and then once we get to 1,000, then it's like, okay, 2,500, 5K, then 10K. Um, so, but you need to focus on increase, keeping your watch time. Like the, the numbers are good, but the main thing you always need to focus on is increasing your watch time month on month. That will grow your subscribers. That will grow your impressions, which gets your videos in front of more and more people. And you need to maintain your click-through rate or increase that as well. Because uh, when you get a, a, an increase in impressions, uh, typically your click-through rate will decrease and that's fine. Like if you, if you have a 20% increase in impressions and a 2% decrease in click-through rate, I'll take that all day long. But if you have a 20% increase in impressions and a 50% drop in click-through rate, then your thumbnails need working on. So focus on click-through rate, average audience retention, watch time, increasing them over time. Okay, and it's, it's an interesting point you put there because one thing that I found really interesting and something that I'm a bit jealous of is I've seen a lot of comedians, they focused on TikTok and Instagram yep. and then boom, they translate that into YouTube. It's what do you, what do you feel in terms of like many sort of social media influencers, like focusing on Instagram, TikTok, and then bring it over to YouTube? It can work. You know, obviously it's worked for, for those who've made a success. Yeah. Uh, great. Um, so yeah, good luck to them. Uh, and the thing is with, with those, if you get like a viral video on TikTok or a number of viral videos on TikTok, um, porting that over to YouTube is just a smart move. Um, okay. And one thing I want to ask you, what, <clears throat> what have been some interesting stories you've had being a YouTube connoisseur? What have been like some of the worst and best experiences you've had? I don't say this interview. <laughs> interesting, interesting question. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you get the odd troll and stuff. They're they're quite interesting, and I just I just brush them off. Um, oh, what are some of the interesting things? Oh, well, I tell you, the, the most interesting things is, <clears throat> and I, I found a lot of this out during my uh, live stream, which I started at the beginning of lockdown last year. Um, 6 p.m. every Saturday, uh, lockdown, uh, it's not the lockdown live, it's the Saturday stream now. Uh, so join me every Saturday if you want to grow your YouTube channel, shameless plug. Um, but it is actually the uh, channels that have grown from watching my videos on YouTube. Um, like some of the stories are phenomenal. 
and some of the niches are phenomenal as well. Like we had one channel, uh, Recitas y Mas, which is recipes and more. It's a Spanish cookery channel. And they grew to 150,000 subs in a year just by following my videos, which I thought was phenomenal. And they let me know that on the, on the Saturday stream. I thought that was amazing. Um, one of the first people who came out in, uh, on the stream as well, uh, I forget the name of his channel, but he teaches people how to drive on, well, drive their cars and trucks and stuff. Um, he has a YouTube channel that does that. And he said, thank you very much. You allowed me to go full time on YouTube teaching people how to drive. And I thought, holy cow, you know, these things are amazing. You, you know, you don't expect um, things like that to happen. And, you know, you get so many inspiration, you know, people say, oh, you inspired me to create a YouTube channel or you've, you've helped me grow to 10,000 subscribers or 100,000 subscribers or whatever. Um, you know, these, these are what I find really amazing. Um, on, uh, and again, because we've got like nearly a quarter of a million subscribers and like we've got 28 million views and all of these nice things, I don't know exactly everybody who has watched my videos and how they've been um, influenced or inspired uh, to, to create content. Um, like another woman here in the UK, she said she started her channel at the beginning of lockdown. She started watching the streams. She's got 500 subscribers during lockdown, which again, I thought was fantastic. Um, so that's really, you know, the, 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 the stories, you know, plus we've got clients who've done phenomenally well. We've had one client in the property education space where we had a hero video of his go viral a few years ago. We got 1.1 million views in five weeks with that. Um, you know, all of these sort of things. We've had clients start with us, you know, they're making sales from their YouTube videos after three videos, that sort of thing. So we, we've, there's loads of things happening, um, both free and with clients and stuff that are, are simply amazing. And for all your years in YouTube, what do you find that people often do wrong in YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> how long have we got <laughs> okay well the big ones the big ones are when they start out they want to be you know 100,000 subscribers yesterday that's the biggest one is mindset is, is really the biggest biggest issue with people when they start out they want 100,000 subscribers and they want to be YouTube famous yesterday um, YouTube is a long game. Uh, as, I, as I said at the start of the, 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 the interview, it's like it took me three years to get 100,000 subscribers. That's seven years ago. Well, it was four years ago, whatever. Eight, five years ago, goodness me. Um, you know, so it, it, it's going to take a bit longer today for a lot of people to get to 100,000 subs. Um, and even if I started a channel, well, if I started all over from scratch, it'd probably take me a bit longer. Um, so, uh, it, 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 you need to focus on just being consistent every single week. And people are, are, are sporadic. They are going, I'll, I'll create a video today and I'll upload it today and then do nothing for a month. Or they'll just dump a load of videos on YouTube. They'll throw 10 or 20 videos up there and again, do nothing for six months. Um, you need to be uploading on a consistent, regular basis. And I have said this from day one, upload same day, preferably same time each week um, on your YouTube channel work with the YouTube algorithm because this is one of the things is consistency and recency as well. Uh, be consistent and persistent um, on your channel and that will pay dividends above everything else on, uh, on YouTube. Okay. 
one thing I find interesting about YouTube is that there's a big thing on like vloggers that post. What is more important in terms of someone posting every day where it's okay content or like every month, but it's world-class because I look at a channel like history buffs, my favorite YouTube yeah. channel, and they post maybe once every two weeks and they got yeah. a million followers. Yeah. But then I see a lot of vloggers. They try and post every day, some of them, and they're not very successful. Yeah. Uh, again, there's a lot of people, especially vloggers who are doing daily vlogs and stuff. And as you say, their content is okay eh, for some of them. Uh, for a lot of them, it's not great at all. Um, so they're basically, this is my life today and I'm going to make the best content I can with what I've shot. If they pulled that back and even just done one, one vlog per week, uh, like one of my favorite vlog channels is the Michelax. And they will film stuff during the week and then will upload a video on Sundays. And like they have phenomenal viewership. You know, it's very interesting. It's talking about their business, talking about their kids, their life, all that sort of thing. So it's like a bit of an entrepreneur journey together with a family channel, that sort of thing. And um, if they, I would suggest that they pulled it back. And if they spent time focusing on their content, and creating a better viewing experience, their channel will grow considerably. That's why Mr. Beast doesn't do um, daily vlogs. Unless you're like a great filmographer, like a, a great film person like Casey Neistat, because he has a film brain. He knows, the, he knows how to spin a story from just mundane day-to-day -day life. He can turn it. He can create the conflict. He can create um, the transition and transformation of the situation into a positive one. Um, he, can, he knows how to pull in a hook. If something happens, he can spin that to uh, hook people in to watch his video. So he has those storytelling chops that a lot of vloggers don't do and don't bother to learn. And if you're doing daily vlogs, it's all about the story. And story has to have conflict because without conflict, it's a documentary. And there's only so many documentaries of one person that you can watch. Um, so yeah, for, for people who want to do daily vlogs, you need to learn story big time. You need to study it. You need to watch Casey Neistat's videos all the way through. Um, you will pick up so many things. Um, alternatively, as I said, focus on creating a much better video once a week um, on your channel and it will probably do a lot better. And sort of two questions I want to go on that is like you mentioned an interesting point there because I often find a lot of lot of people when they're doing comedy or anything they look at people who have been successful but they don't look at what strengths they have and that person has and yeah. a lot of times people yeah. think that if I copy that person do it exactly yeah. the same as them I'll have the same results yeah but there's no thought of like different personalities or anything like that that's a good strategy. Unfortunately, they're, what, they're looking at their content now instead of looking at the content when they started. Because if you look at Mr. Beast's content when he started, it's rubbish compared to today. Then you'll see over time that as he understands how to make video better, as he understands you know, the psychology of his audience, his videos become more and more intriguing. His videos have a better hook. He's, you know, planting a million trees or he's doing a, you know, jumping off freaking whatever, you know, all of these things that people go, holy cow, I've got to watch that video. Whereas his first set of videos, not great, but he, again, he was doing his, his YouTube apprenticeship, if you want. 
And people don't look at that like Gary Vaynerchuk is the same. They will look at Gary Vaynerchuk's videos now and try to create like 10 videos a day and blah, 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 blah. No, go back to Wine Library TV and look at how bad his videos were there. He uploaded like 10, 20 videos on one day. Next day, he dumped another 15. Two days later, he dumped another 20. And that's what he did. But he did it all wrong to begin with, but he used that as his uh, training ground to understand how to do things properly, how to upload video, how to create engaging video. And he did that for a couple of years and then started his Gary V channel because he had done his apprenticeship on Wine Library TV, did everything wrong, learned that, and then was able to do his Gary V channel at a much better and much higher success rate. Um, so which is more important that you follow the thing, just do it, the <coughs> Nike advert, or have a very measured approach and you take your time and things and you'd be very methodical. You need a mixture of both. It's like, you don't want to spend time like two years learning how to make video and craft a story and blah, 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 all of that sort of stuff. Pick up your phone, get the basics of story. If you can spend a weekend learning about, you know, the three part structure of a story and like how to, uh, how to bring out the conflict and the conflict resolution and, the transformation that's going to happen. And if you can learn the basics of that and then start applying that, that's how you're going to learn and become successful quickly. Okay. And this is going to be a short bit on the, the question you said there. How do you apply that concept to different bits? So like being a gamer or being a bodybuilder or being a fighter or being a comedian? It's all the same thing. There's always conflict. There's always conflict. Like if you're like if you're a, if you're a bodybuilder, the conflict is the weight is too heavy, or I'm not big enough. If you're a gamer, is like the conflict is I go, I want to go from level twelve to level seventy two. There's 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 an obstacle that you have to overcome. That's your conflict. If you're a fighter, that's easy. Your opponent or your training or your sparring partner or whatever. That's the conflict. Is that your internal conflict? Is am I good enough? Can I beat my opponent? Can I get enough training? And am I training too much? Am I training not enough? There's all of this internal dialogue. That's conflict. And there's boatloads of conflict everywhere. It's just being able to identify that and bring it out. Uh, for a comedian, are my jokes good enough? Am I funny? Seriously. You know, will people laugh at my jokes or will I die at death? Or if I am dying at death, how do I turn that around? Okay. So... And you've got to keep them interested. So I don't know if you have a joke and you set up the punchline, you've got to then to keep, you can't go one way. You've got to make it a bit like a roller coaster, as you say, isn't it? That's what makes a roller coaster so interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like your, your conflict is I'm going vertical to get to the top of this peak that I'm going to shoot down 200 miles an hour, whatever. Um, and I hope that somebody in front of me just doesn't throw up and it splatters all over my face. Okay. And one of the things that i want to look at is you must have a lot lot of stories you mentioned it already but what are the sort of the struggles of i just i'm not going to say youtube connoisseur say youtube expert or what what are some of the struggles you've had to get to that level and how do you deal with difficult clients and giving honest feedback yeah well <laughs> we we have a policy in our company it's like i'm like being irish i'm very straight talking and like my clients actually appreciate that if something's crap i will tell them um sometimes it's very 
straight uh, and gruff. Um, sometimes I might sort of tone it down a little bit depending on their personality. But uh, when, when we work with clients, I say, you know what, this is not easy. Um, you know, if, if you're looking to use this for your business, don't expect uh, clients coming into your business, buying your products and services for the first couple of months because it's not going to happen. I have to get you up to speed to creating content that people will like um, that is engaging and gets views week on week on your YouTube channel. I don't know what you like as a personality. If you haven't created video before, then that's going to be a bit more of a struggle. Even people who create social media, uh, social media videos for Instagram or Facebook and stuff, they think they're the bee's knees, but they're not necessarily. Uh, they are in their own mind because that's the way, uh, obviously, they'll, they'll think they're great. But when we bring it down to uh, like a mass audience that's on YouTube, very different story. Um, so it, I, I'm pretty upfront with my clients. If something isn't working, I will tell them. Um, and, and that's the way we have to be because their success is our success. If they don't succeed, then that's a bad reflection on us. Um, or it's, well, it's a reflection on us on how we've worked with them. Um, so, uh, I, I, like being an, uh, a former athlete, like my thing is I want to get to the end goal as quickly as possible. Sometimes it's in a straight line and that's why I, I give direct feedback. Sometimes I need to maybe zig or zag or whatever, uh, and try new things, um, to get to the end result that we're, we're all looking to achieve. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I, we all want to get there as quickly as possible. I do it in my way because that's the way I know. How have you adapted to YouTube? Because YouTube's continuously changing and it's yeah. never going to stop changing. Yeah. How do you stay on top and don't, as you say, like stay stuck? Yeah, just keep with the trends and stay on top of things. Yeah, well, the thing is, is like being on YouTube, you, it, it's good to watch other videos. Like for years, I never watched a lot of YouTube videos. Um, I would watch some of them. Um, but I was never really one to be a YouTube, a YouTube watcher. Uh, whereas like in the last couple of years, that's changed. Like, uh, like with, and it's helped that, um, like my TV has a YouTube app on it. So I can, uh, like every lunchtime, I literally am watching a YouTube. Um, so I'm watching like stuff that interests me, not necessarily how to YouTube stuff or other, other how to YouTubers. I watch stuff that interests me, whether that's, uh, Beatles history stuff or stuff on sprinting or stuff on the Mandalorian or Star Wars or Star Trek or that sort of thing or movie stuff. Um, so I'm looking at other videos and seeing that's interesting. And if that interests me, what can I take from that video and apply to my strategy and how I do my videos? So there's every so often you can see something that goes, that was nice. I like that. How can I apply it? And obviously on the other extreme as well, that was rubbish. How do I make sure I never do that or my clients don't do that on their videos? <laughs> yeah, I, it's, you need that sort of benchmark. You, you need to look, whatever industry you're in, you need to look at what other people are doing because somebody could be innovating in a, in, a, in a way that you will never see in your space. And if you're not looking around it and seeing what is happening, then you could be just left on an island all by yourself and you're not going to get any viewers. Like we've had customers who go, oh yeah, I never look at other people's stuff. And I go, well, that's the wrong attitude to have because if you're not top of the tree, then those people who have like more zeros on your, the end of their subscriber numbers, then they're doing something right that you're not. 
So it's always good to look at what other people are doing, even if it's not in your niche, yeah. um, to see what are they doing right that you can take and apply to your, your channel and your videos. Okay. And what has, what, what would you say, because I often hear, I do a lot of research and, well, sorry, I've done, I've looked into a bit and what, what, what would you say in terms of if someone wants to join a multi-channel network? It's not as important as it was four or five years ago. Like the whole point of an MCN uh, back then was that they're going to get you more deals. They're going to help you with more money, all of this sort of thing. Those things are gone. Um, if you are cross-platform, it can help. Like if you're doing Instagram, TikTok and YouTube, it can help. Or if you are a TikToker looking to get onto YouTube, it can help that way too. Um, but only really if you have a big audience on other platforms. Um, if you're starting out, no one's going to be interested in you. Um, it's just the plain truth of it. Um, you have to have an audience because they're making 10% or 20% off of your money, uh, of your, your AdSense revenue. Um, so you have to be able to bring in, um, have to have numbers there that will entice them to work with you. Um, but realistically today, there's no real need for most YouTubers to, to join an MCN. Okay. And with all your experience and everything that's happened to you in YouTube, what has YouTube given you? Well, A, a business. B, a nice steady income every month. Touch wood that it stays that way and increases. Um, an audience that was never there before. Um, like we've got 228,000, 29,000 subscribers uh, today as of, as of this recording. Uh, we're going to, we're looking at doubling that this year. Um, so, you know, it's given me a platform. Is it frustrating at times? Absolutely. But, you know, without, without them setting all of this up, it's given me a great platform to be able to reach people, help people, bring in customers and clients as well. And uh, give me a platform to be able to get a message out there for businesses to be able to, to, to get more customers and clients through the medium of, of uh, video and YouTube so that they can be successful too. Okay. And so my two final questions are on like, where do you see the future of YouTube? And yeah, what would you like to plug at the end? Where do I see YouTube? YouTube are going to get some, well, YouTube are getting smarter. As I mentioned earlier, the AI is doing like 2000 algorithm changes a year. That's only going to increase. Um, so YouTube is going to get smarter. It will learn even more about what people's viewing habits are and what they like. And it, because it's all about serving people what they want. Um, they've successfully done that with Google now. We don't see as many big changes on Google as we did like about 2010, uh, 2011, stuff like that, or 2015. Um, so those programmers are over writing the software for the AI on YouTube now. So uh, we, will see, we will see YouTube get smarter. We will see less uh, people being able to game the system. Um, it can still happen. You know, there's things that, 
people will find that they could do. But there's, there's going to be less and less of gaming the system. It's not like Instagram where you can buy, well, you can buy, you know, subscribers and views anywhere you want. Um, but they're not necessarily great. But you're going to, you, the AI is going to take over more and more on YouTube. It's going to understand what people's viewing habits are. It's going to serve more videos. Uh, we're going to have more and more people go on the platform. It's going to get even tougher um, to... Uh, get on there when you're beginning, but once you understand about your audience, what they like, and be able to deliver that to them in, in, in with great story, even if it's a how-to video, then you will be successful on there. And the more people focus on creating great content and great story in their content, those ones, irrespective of algorithm changes, you know, from now to eternity, will always succeed. So that that's what's going to happen on there. One thing is going to like dramatic changes, but fantastic content, fantastic story is always going to win out. Okay. And so my, my shameless plug. Um, so yeah, if, if you want, if you know, if you liked this, uh, then definitely uh, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash David Walsh online. If Instagram is where you like to hang out, then you can follow me there as well. Uh, Instagram.com forward slash David Walsh online. And um, if Facebook is where you like to hang out as well, then you'll get me a David Walsh online there as well. And um, if you want to use, if you're looking to use YouTube as a business, then hit me up on any of those platforms. You know, DM me on Facebook or even LinkedIn if that's your playground. Again, David Walsh online. Uh, DM me on any of those platforms and we can have a conversation and see if it is a good fit for you because we, you know, if it's not going to work for you, then I will tell you so. Um, there's no point in, in having dreams of being a fantastic YouTuber as you know, for a business, if it isn't going to work for you. And I'll, I'll definitely tell you that. Um, and as I mentioned as well, uh, yeah, hit the subscribe button. When you go to my channel, uh, we upload videos Tuesdays, tech videos, Thursdays, and we have our Saturday stream every Saturday, every Saturday, 6 PM UK time answering your questions to grow your YouTube channel. I just want to say one thing. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I hope you've had fun. And yeah, best of luck for everything.